You're listening to 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the New Blue Review. Welcome to the program. Nice to be with you on this Monday morning once again. And, uh, you know, it is a Monday morning in June and people are getting into winter. So uh, I hope that you're staying warm out there and are not, uh, you know, freezing yourself to death. Uh, although it is quite a nice day. It's not, it, the weekend was pretty good. Now, uh, I thought we would do an interesting show today on... Uh, on the issue of youth, right? Uh, I, w- I went on a conference a, a few weeks ago called the Nachum Goldman Fellowship. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But basically, it brings together lots of people uh, in the community, different kinds of people. And at some point, they decided to have a discussion about uh, young people's participation in the community. And it was kind of self-selecting, so anyone could talk about anything they wanted to talk about. And there was suddenly this whole discussion being had about young people in the community. Now, young people, uh, by young people, I mean, uh, you know, the the ANC Youth League definition of young young people, right? so like 25 to 35. And there was a whole discussion about people and their involvement and, and what's going on. And, and I was interested to see it. it was one of the dominant discussions that how do we get younger people involved in our community? And, and they had a, a very strong discussion and there was a lot of uh, talk going on. And I thought, okay, let's carry that on a little bit this morning. Uh, it is an important topic. Obviously, young people in our community are key and uh, key to our institutions. So we, we would um, actually have that discussion. So I'm going to take a short break, but when we come back, I'm going to be talking to Dovi Brom and Dan Stillerman. They're both on sort of opposite ends of the community when it comes to uh, discussion and impact and, and whatever. Uh, they're, they're involved in different things. And we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a young person in our community uh, and how do we get more young people involved? Do we need more young people involved? Do we have too many to handle? Are millennials just not cool? What can we do? We're going to find out, uh, but first let's take a break, and we'll be back just after this. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. So as I said, 101.9 High FM, it is the New Blue Review, and we are talking a young people, and I'm happy to say uh, that you are welcome to join in the conversation, 34519, that's the SMS line, you can WhatsApp us or Telegram us even, 0618951019, uh, tweet us at Chai FM or email us on air at com. or if you can't get to any of those channels, you can log directly into Dan Stillerman's Facebook page, because he's decided to Facebook Live uh, the whole thing, so, uh, you know, that is, is also a possibility, so... Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Uh, good to have you with us. Uh, how are you doing? Awesome. Thank you, Bench. Thanks for having us this morning. Great to be here. Dov, you're still waking up, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> very, very early for me on a Monday morning. I've got to be honest. So, first of all, let me get a sense uh, from the both of you. You both went on this uh, Nachum Goldman Fellowship, brings different Jews in the community together. Uh, first of all, maybe tell me what are your sort of communal contributions? What do you guys get up to in the community? So, Benj, I've been involved in a few things in the community. I started out in the youth movements, being very involved in B'nai on both a regional and a national level. I then moved, I moved on to soldiers as well, as well on a regional and a national level. And then I've represented South Africa and young people in Johannesburg at a few different events around the world. I've been on the Nachum Goldman Fellowship internationally twice, once in Israel and once in Mexico. Yeah, and just tell us a little bit about that because that was where this conference was. So the Nachum Goldman 
fellowship is about bringing different Jews together from all over the world. On both fellowships, there were Jews from over 20 countries, from Latin America, from Eastern Europe, from former Soviet Union states, and discussing different problems, different ideas that we have, that and different communities' ways of approaching these problems. And that's the biggest thing. Certain things that we've come up with in South Africa managed to help people in Uruguay, where they have a very similar Jewish community. Okay. Okay. Dan, what about you? What do you get up to? Uh, so, just like Dovi, I started out in the youth movement, um, involved with B'nai Akiva, a little bit with Abonim. Um, since then, I take as much interest as I can and as much involvement as I can in this young adult generation. So, I'm, I'm fascinated by millennials and I've got a strong connection to the Jewish community. So, I'm very involved with uh, Rabbi Mofsen and the arch and what he's doing. And I'll speak a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Um, and Rabbi Stern. And, yeah, I'm involved with the IUA UCF leadership program, which is throughout this year. Uh, that's been running for the last few years. Uh, also involved with Elmerlinks, which is a young Jewish global uh, professionals and leadership uh, and entrepreneurial organization where we get together about once a month for talks with business leaders. It's one coming up this Wednesday. Um, yeah, so I just I, I, I'm very passionate about the community and about bringing people together and giving people a sense of connection and belonging. Interesting. So uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. But the first is that, you know, both of you guys were involved with youth movements. I actually wasn't. I was never involved in a youth movement. Uh, but th there's kind of like this missing generation, right? Uh, I'm sure we all have friends that went on youth, went on camp, uh, you know, did like seven camps and were the majuch for three. Uh, and then they go to university and they disappear off the face of the planet, right? Uh, and, and maybe they come back or maybe they don't. But I'm interested in, in your perspective. Is Is that a real thing, this missing generation of 25 to 35, uh, is that something that you've seen uh, people's involvement? And why do you think that is? So I don't know if Dovi agrees, but from my side, definitely. Um, I think that there's a brilliant job with the youth, youth movements. Um, people are connected. There's just so much on the go. And it sort of ends with maybe grade 11 on matric. Uh, you go on encounter and then you really have to take an active approach if you still want to be involved, if you still want to get involved with soldiers and when you're on campus. And it's very easy to disconnect. Um, and I think maybe the reconnection organically happens when one settles down, gets married, has kids. And then the kids are in school. The kids, you, you want to go back. To, you want to you, get, you, you get the newsletter back in the community. You get the newsletter and you rope back in. But I think from maybe roughly 25 to 35, there's definitely a, a, a gap. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it, it definitely is a challenge. I think the responsibility is joint on the leadership and the organizations within the community, but also on individuals. You know, if you want to be involved, you can't just uh, be passive and expect things to happen and expect to be given handouts and given everything. It's also the responsibility of this generation to make their voices heard and to speak up and say and say say what what they want um, right. and and to really get involved. Right. No, absolutely. Dov, will you have a perspective? So, in general, I do actually. I do agree with Dan. There is definitely a big gap between 25 and maybe 35 missing. Not to say that there aren't people who are involved. There definitely are. There's a very solid core of young people who want to help the community, who want to be there in order to build up that next generation of leaders. However, as Dan said, once you kind of leave university, it's very, very easy to get lost. We're kind of, you know, told that we need to be going to Investec or Sassfin or wherever it may be, or to one of the big law firms, and start our careers and you kind of lose out a little bit on 
those few years where you can do something that makes a difference without it having a large impact on you financially. It's, it's an interesting question, issue of time. You know, I'm, my sense is, is that a, a lot of young people are not involved simply because uh, you know, they are starting a business or they're at one of those law or accounts firms where they're you know, 9 to 12 every day or whatever it is. Uh, I mean, do you think it's just a, simply a question of time? Then you run a small business. Uh, how do you find time to fit that in uh, and, and also do communal work? So it is a challenge. We all we're all busy. You know, we all have pressure. Um, but the the excuse or the sort of um, yeah the excuse of I don't have time. There's no time. Um, I, I don't really buy that because I guess it depends on what are your priorities. You know, if your priorities, if one of your priorities is community and is you know a sense of uh, belonging and network uh, and and. Um, bouncing ideas and just connection and tapping into that network, um, which for me, from my personal experience, I can't speak for anyone else, but from my experience, being part of a community and having that network is, it's a game changer. You know, I started my business four and a half years ago and the fact that I was fortunate enough to have been born and raised into the Joburg Jewish community, um, it's a, it's a game changer. I mean, if, I, if I listed some of my clients, it's pretty much almost 100% of them are just through connections in mm-hmm. the Jewish community. So, you know, if that's important to you, then you make time for it. So, you know, there's everyone has the same number of hours in the day. So I, I'm a big believer in just make make a list of your priorities, you know, and, and be clear on on, on, yeah. on what's on what's in, on what's important. Yeah, I, I'm also interested in in the idea of, of of what's interesting young people, right? So I think we've got quite an interesting combination. I mean, Dovi, you didn't say it, but a lot of your work is in sort of the tikkun olam space, right? So uh, a lot of uh, young Jews are inspired by this idea they want to go out and make the world a better place. Uh, and and uh, down on your side, you know, uh, a lot of entrepreneurship, innovation. A lot of Jews are inspired by the fact they can go out there and make a lot of money. Uh, so now, I mean, the, it's it's interesting that that these are two. You know, things that I think are attracting people. It's not just saying to people, well, here's some community work. Let's help out and do this. There's, there's actual changes of interest that are maybe occurring at this, at this age bracket. Uh, I mean, Dolph, maybe you could comment on the kind of people that are, are coming in to, to, to do Tikkun Olam and, and what sort of things they're getting up to and what's inspiring them. Well, Benji, it's actually changed over the last few years. Initially, it was more university age kids, people who are just starting out. And many people said, like Dan said, that they don't have time. Nowadays, we're seeing more and more people who are coming from the young professional sort of sphere, people who are working at big corporates, who are using their leave time to go overseas to work with a disadvantaged community, to go see how, how they can help in a very real and very tangible way. And... This uh, this is a really, really big change, and it's something that the NGO space hasn't really kept up with, with the exception of a few. And it's something that we need to tap into if we want people to be helping. We want people to be really utilizing their time the best way they can. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Dan, I'm going to come to you in a minute. We're just going to take a short break, but I also want your, your perspective on, on, on that, that aspect, you know, that – that, that business aspect, but uh, we're going to come back. We're just take, going to take a short break, uh, and then when we come back, we'll be chatting again to Dan Spillerman and Dobby Brom about young people in the community. The best part of your day at the heart of your community. All the talk, all the music, all the news. Hi, FM. 
101.9, Kai Fema, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. And if you want to be part of the conversation, by all means, please SMS us, 34519. You can email us on air at chaifm.com. Tweet us at chaifm. Uh, WhatsApp us uh, as soon as I can get past Dan's head uh, on 0618951019. And, uh, yeah, or even on Dan's uh, uh, Facebook page live. Uh, we're having all sorts of interesting people uh, tuning to the show. How's it, guys? Uh, you know, when you have a face for radio, it's a bit awkward uh, <laughs> that you, you now have to be on the Facebook as well. Uh, just by the way, there's a new exciting show uh, for people. If you're, if you're interested in history in particular, uh, you can find out how it is that Jews came to live on the southern tip of Africa uh, and how it is that they first arrived. What industries were they engaged in and what were the characters and personalities of early Jewish leadership? Very pertinent given what we're discussing today. Where did it all begin? Well, you can join Mark Wade every Tuesday at 9am for Legends and Legacies exploring Jewish history of South Africa exclusively on 101.9 Kai FM uh, sounds fascinating I'm definitely going to be uh, tuning in for that it's a good thing it's not on my show because that's on a Monday so it's great uh, now now Dan I, I'm interested also uh, you know Dovi spoke before the break about Tikkun Olam, people getting involved, young young professionals, and and obviously that is a key thing for for young professionals, right? Uh, growing your career, growing your your network, uh, being able to be part of a business or, or whatever. How much of that is um, uh, part of of what we're doing, and how much do we have to be worried that it's maybe you know kind of self interested? So is it an issue that Oaks are like, all right, no, you know, I got to come to the Almalix thing because that's my network and that's where I'm going to make my next gig? I mean, does it worry you? Does it, or, or, or do people come around eventually? Look, Ben, it's a good question. From my perspective, I think uh, gone are the days where it's just all about profit and making money, and there's just you know business and entrepreneurship is just about money. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that used to be the case. Uh, fast cars, fast women. I remember Ian for uh, I went to talk by him, and he said, uh, you know, it's now about. The people that you impact and the purpose. So that's become a global trend, especially in the millennial generation. People want to make an impact. People look to a guy like Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Uh, I'm reading his book at the moment, and he he genuinely wants to change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and he genuinely wants to help people. Um, and I've tried to adopt that as part of our culture at XL Academy is to genuinely and and you know it's it's our core purpose is to help people to be more productive and successful. So I think when you look at entrepreneurship these days, the, the message that I'm trying to share and leaders in the world are, are sharing is that it's about making a difference, having a clear purpose, uh, you know, making an impact, giving back, and you can still make a profit. A profit. They don't need, need to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do both and you should be doing both, you know, and I, I've seen from experience that it, it, it seems to be working pretty well for, for us so far. The, the fact that one of our key performance indicators is how many people are we impacting this year and in the future, you right. know, and it, if we're getting that right, the, the profits will follow. No, no, it's, it's interesting. I, I want to move the conversation to, to how we get people involved, right? How do we get young people involved? And I'm going to be very careful, uh, but I think it is necessary. I am going to use the C word uh, on the radio, uh, you know, that word committee, right, uh, and, and, and young people. Uh, how relevant are committees still uh, in how people do things and, and how we get people involved? Because if I go to a young person and say, listen, I really want you to Sit on committee X. I think that they're, not, they're going to run a mile, right? So, how do you how do you say to someone, we value you, what you can bring to the organisation, we want you to be involved, uh, 
but without the millennials having this thing about, well, you know, I, I can't, I'm too committed, eh? You know, you know what I mean? That 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 sort of thing. Adolf, I mean, have you ever sat in a committee? Well, yeah, I've sat on many committees, and I've been to paraphrase Howard Hughes. He said that if there's one word that could explain why the human race never has and never will reach their true potential, that one word is committees. And (laughs) we kind of get caught up in the internal politics. And even though committees are very important in that we need multiple ideas around the table, often and often in my experience, it becomes a little bit impotent. You're more talking about what's going on around the table as opposed to focusing on outside, which you should, which you should be doing. And you need to be bringing people into that. You need to be changing that whole dynamic. So whether you're doing it on social media, whether you're doing it on the radio like we are now, or whether you're just engaging with people on a one-to-one basis, you're going to have a lot more impact than you are sitting around a boardroom table. Uh, but then let me ask you this question, Dan. Right? You, you uh, at the Arch, you're doing this thing with, with uh, bringing older businessmen to talk to uh, younger people in the community. So I'm assuming that you do have a C word that helps to run uh, that event, right? So, so what do you – the first time that you've got someone – uh, around and you're like, okay, you know, this person has something to contribute. They have the time. They have the resources. How do you go about approaching a person like that to say, come guys, let's get involved. Let's do something for the community. To approach somebody to bring them into the C word. Yeah, 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 exactly. So do you ever use the C word up front? No, not really. We, we call it a think tank. I think, think it's tank, a more right. millennial friendly term. Um, so it's, it's a core group. I mean, it, with, with the arch Rabbi Mofsen has done and continues to do amazing work in the community, specifically within this age bracket. And I, I have a great relationship with him. So I meet him. He's always in Melrose Arch, like, like me, <laughs> always uh, going from coffee shop to coffee shop. So as and when, you know, we just get together. It's not, I've been on committees where there's once a month a three-hour meeting, and to be honest, it drives me nuts because, as Dovi said, I've seen it. It's just a meaningless, impotent talk mm-hmm. around a table with all respect. Um, you know, I think it needs to be to the point. You need to have an agenda, um, and you need to get stuff done. Like the, the millennial generation, by, by our, I mean, I'm smack back bang in the, min, in the middle of 25 to 35. Mm-hmm. I'm 31. I know very well that – uh, you know, we, we are impatient. We want instant gratification, which I guess is a good and bad thing. You know, we want to get things done. Uh, we want to have a plan of action and we don't want to just be aimlessly going around the table, you know, talking about nonsense. Um, so w- we've got a core group with the Arch, Michael Barnett, uh, Mandy Benjamin, and a number of other people have contributed as and when. Um, and we sit around with Rabbi Mofsen and, and we strategize and we give ideas and we brainstorm and we action things straight away. So I think there are a number of people who have good ideas and want to be involved. And if anybody out there, you know, back to my, to my previous point a couple of minutes ago that I think it's the responsibility of leaders, for example, Rabbi Mofsen or Rabbi Stern or anyone else in the community doing great work, but also on Members of the community, you know, speak up, put your hand up and say, what do you want? You know, what's relevant to you? I mean, it's an, we're in an age of relevance. There's information overload everywhere. So you can't just assume as a leader of an organization that what you, your agenda is relevant because you're going to miss the mark. You need to engage. You need to have those conversations very often one-on-one or a small think tank group and actually get to grips with what's going on and, you know, get your finger on the pulse. So if, you, if you're not doing that meeting for three hours once a month, right, if that's not – your vibe like how is technology and you know the sort of tools that we have available in corporate spaces is it affecting the way that that things do get done do you work a lot on email do you uh, tweet when you want to have a meetup or uh, you know how what how does it work well 
Uh, it works both for and against the course in this particular case, in my, in my experience. Yes, 100% everything's done over email today. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I got an actual letter. The only thing that I get in the post is a couple magazines, and even then I'm moving online. But they very, it's very important to keep it online. As Dan mentioned, we have a culture of instant gratification these days. Everything's about the likes, the shares, everything that's happening now. People aren't building up the, the legacy, basically, of knowing that they're doing something now, they're going to be working for little money, little, little recognition, and know that further down the line they're going to be, they're going to be getting a little bit more. And the fact is, is that in order to get people in, in order to give them that instant gratification, you have to be doing it on social media. I mean, Dan is excellent on social media, as I can see myself here on, <laughs> on the live, on Facebook Live. I mean, I obviously do have social media. I'm not very active. I'm also not very good at it, which you know is obviously correlated. But in order for an organization to make a real impact, you have to have those likes. You have to have those followers. Otherwise, you're not reaching the right amount of people. And if you're not hitting that critical mass, you're not getting anywhere. I mean, Dan, from, from your perspective, uh, you know, you, you're talking about, well, people need to stand up. But I think a lot of young people say, well, we don't really have a voice in communal organizations, right? We're, uh, we, we're ignored. Our, you know, we, our concerns aren't taken seriously. Do you, do you think that that's a reality, that one of the reasons why people are not uh, pitching in? Um, it could be a factor. It could definitely be a factor. Um, I think there's... It's just sad to see that there is a lot of apathy uh, within this age group in the community. I don't know the the exact reasons. I think there might be just so many options of so many different things. Uh, people are trying to hustle and you know work and make money. Um, there is big pressure, uh, financial pressure. Um, there's the question of relevance. There's the question of maybe there's there's a perception within the Jewish community that uh, you know you go to shul or you go to a shiur or you start engaging and it just is too preachy mm-hmm. um, and you know too too much lecture based as opposed to conversation you know and inclusion. Uh, but I think that uh, you know th- there are opportunities and you know if you put your hand out or you you, you stick your neck up and and you have a look you can find you can find ways to engage and make your voice heard. Um, Again, another characteristic of this generation is we want to be heard and we want people to listen to us and we want to engage and we want to feel cared for. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's also a responsibility, again, on leadership. You know, like for me, I will go to shul if I find a rabbi that cares about me and that is relevant and speaks and inspires me and actually genuinely cares. You know, I mean, there, there's also a perception that a, a lot of community leaders – only care about the older, older generation with deep pocket, pockets. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where are they going to um, get their big donations from on the how holidays, you know? Um, and are they filling their seats where the next generation, it's critical. If you're not focusing on 25 to 35, you just, you know, in the 10, 20, 30 years' time, there's just going to be this massive, massive gap. gap. And, yeah. So it's, it's a big concern. It's a, yeah. I, I, I do think it's, it's interesting. Do you think that our generation has a different approach to giving. You know, I, I kind of think about some of the the big philanthropists that we've had in our community who maybe died over the, the last few years who, who really built literally things, shuls, schools, uh, you know, all sorts of, of other uh, institutions in the community. Do, do you think that there is this this idea of, of let's call it strategic philanthropy that we still have at, at, uh, with young people, the idea that, okay, I have money. I'm not just going to write a check, but actually I'm going to think about where does my cash go and that I have enough cash to actually do that. 
So uh, there is this idea of, str- of strategic philanthropy. I think young people would love to, you know, put up a school, put up a shul, put up a community center, but the funds aren't there. I mean, for various reasons, people who in the 25 to 35 bracket, well, very few of them, you know, with the exception of Mark Zuckerberg and Evan Spiegel and the like, can put up, you know, a big community center. So when you're giving that donation, you want to see what it's actually going to. You don't want to just be giving it to a big organization and then hoping that it's going to go to the right person. You want to see that actual impact. And that's why we see the advent of things like Kickstarter, where you actually know exactly where your money is going to. I mean, it's it's interesting because we, we we are going to cross later to, to Rabbi Stern. Uh, it's an initial Dan, you're actually involved uh, tonight. And that's exactly what what Dovi's talking about. It's uh, this charity campaign, uh, crowdfunding in effect. Uh, so maybe give us a little bit of a, a perspective on what that's like uh, being involved with one of those campaigns because there are a lot of young people. Uh, you know, I got phoned yesterday by someone who was clearly not an old person. It was, it was in fact you. <laughs> uh, sorry, it was an old person. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and people, you know, young people manning a phone line is not something we think about these days. You know, it's like an old school approach to fundraising and yet here people were doing it. So, so maybe tell us a little bit about you know, what you were doing, what that was like, because that is one way that uh, young people are giving today. Yeah, definitely. So thanks for, for bringing that up. Uh, I actually chatted to Rabbi Stern last week uh, in person. In, we're just talking about these different issues and topics. And one of the things he said in terms of raising money for a community, the traditional membership model is somewhat outdated. Um, you know, he was talking about his uh, the, the larger Sydney uh, Shul community. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know, to ask for a few thousand rand, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are under financial strain. And there's also the issue of different people can and want to give different amounts. So what he came up with last year, um, and it's become quite a hit in the different community organizations, is this charity thing. So it's charity with a D. And it's basically 24 hours where you get on the phone and you get people to donate. And uh, there's a bunch of matches, so generous donors who match or triple or quadruple whatever donations you get during those 24 hours. Um, and last year they raised over a million rand, which was used, as Dovi mentioned, you can see the impact. So there's transparency. You know, I've now attended a few shiurim in their new Young Adults Bayit, which mm-hmm. is the Young Adult Center just next to the Sydney Shul. And it's an, an unbelievably inspiring space you know they've really done it beautifully and they have talks there every tuesday night and they've got a pool table and table tennis and foosball and drinks and food and it's a really great place to connect so you can see the impact you know it's really transparent and um it's great to be part of something where you can see where you're that you're getting bang for your buck this year the intention is to hit one and a half million rand in total and my understanding is that uh, Rabbi Stern is watching live so he can confirm but I think it's quite close to that I was making phone calls for three hours uh, last night um, and the campaign what's the time now it's uh, yeah uh, it, it's done at 11 a.m. so you still if you're interested in, in getting involved and you feel some kind of connection to Sydney Shul and the young adults community there you can still co- uh, donate until 11 a.m. So from my side, it's a, it's a really inspiring campaign. And it's a great avenue of fundraising, connecting. And, you know, it's it's a quick, easy thing. Millennials, we like things that are on WhatsApp, that are a link, that you can do it straight away, that you don't need to fill in forms, print things out, and, you know, worry about that or go on your online banking. It's really quick and easy. So those are the types of ways to engage and, and to get people involved. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it is it is quite interesting. Uh, the other thing uh, that I wanted to talk about is on the other ep- end of the spectrum. You know, so, so on the one hand, we have this diffuse approach, which you're talking mm-hmm. about, Robert. And Dovi, on the other end, you have the, the rise of what we were, what I'll refer to as immersive experiences, right? People going on holiday with other Jews to do good. It's it's like a much more intense thing. Can you talk to us about that briefly before we take a break? Yeah, of course. I've I've been on a few of these. I've run a few of these trips. Um, there are amazing organizations out there, including the JDC Entwine trips, which go to places like Rwanda, to Morocco, to the Philippines, and organizations like Justify, which go to Thailand, go to Sri Lanka. They have a trip in South Africa as well. They go to Peru. And these are all projects that you can get involved in. You obviously have to pay for them. And everything is sorted for you. You get your kosher food. You get all your transport done. You get all your accommodation done. And it's a combination of volunteering and tourism, something that's been termed volunteerism now. And it's a very, very good way of getting people involved and showing them how their small contribution can make that impact and hopefully moving them on to bigger and better things. A lot of the people who go on these trips are alumni of previous trips. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so that, that's uh, uh, another aspect to this that we're seeing. We get it. We've got an SMS in here uh, from Paul Fisher. Paul, thank you so much for sending in this SMS saying that London has a community centre for Orthodox Jewish youth drama. So, like, a, I guess a very specific sector of the community there. Uh, I don't know. Are they? Can I make jokes about people doing uh, what? What? Uh, the fiddle on the roof, but that's not really orthodox. I don't know. Uh, but okay, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Sounds very interesting. Uh, and we don't really have that actually in Joburg. Like in, in Cape Town, there is a kind of a Jewish community center, but actually isn't really a central part. Uh, if I think about Johannesburg, where, where Jews can meet up. Um, I, I want to actually talk about that when we come back. We're just going to take a short break. And when we do, we're talking again about youth engagement on the New Blue Review. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Welcome back to the program. We're talking about youth today, the youth, you know, in the league, uh, and and what role are they playing in our communities and in our communal institutions? Uh, what are uh, their the issues? Uh, what is going on? Uh, wow, um, actually, people are WhatsApping me directly, which I didn't put on the line, guys. That's that's not cool. Uh, use the official the official channels three four five one nine zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine at HiFM. That's the email address, and uh, uh, no. On air at chaifem.com, at chaifem is the Twitter handle. Uh, so for all the people, Carl Erdang, uh, Kayla Erdang, who's been sending me stuff. Thank you. Jade Wiener, uh, thank you so much. Machalia M- uh, Moss, uh, Ben Diner, everyone is, is getting involved, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, probably more listeners to the show than, you know, you know, the young people are flocking to the show. I'm very excited. Uh, very, very Power happy. Power of Facebook Live. There you go. Power <laughs> of Facebook Live. It's also because Dan's, rid- Dan's ridiculously photogenic. Yeah, that's true. But that's uh, why some of us so can much. use Facebook Live. <laughs> Some of us have radio shows. Um, not a problem. We don't mind. Uh, I wanted to talk uh, now uh, a little bit about uh, about central areas in the community. Like, where are Jewish youth hanging out? Because uh, I know in, in London, for example, there's something called JW3, uh, which is something that they built, which is like almost like a Jewish mall. It's like you go there. It's got movies. It's got a bowling theater. It's got all sorts of stuff. Uh, and I don't know if there's such a place like that in Joburg. And we don't. And it's not like Cape Town. We can't go to the beach, eh? You know. Yeah. 
So uh, I don't think there is really, Benji. I mean, JW3 is a very, very interesting concept. Like you said, there's lecture rooms, there's things going on all the time. It's basically a combination of Biachad, the Chief Rabbi Cyril Harris Center, the B'nai Bayit, the Habonim Bayit, as well as a kosher restaurant. They have a kosher restaurant there that um, is, well, the menu was put together by Yotamata Lengi. So it's a very interesting place. However, we don't have anything like that here. And do you think people would would, would use it if uh, if we did? I mean, do you think that there would be a genuine uh, place for people like that to hang out? Uh, from my side, it, it's a great point that you raise. I actually never thought about it like that. I have never been into JW3, but I have seen it looks incredible, modern and futuristic, really, really cool in London. Um, and they've got the JLE, the Jewish Learning Exchange there in London in Golders Green as well. But I... I think 100% people would use it. There might be some skepticism in the community, as there always is when something new is done. Right. You know, people would say that uh, it's crazy and it's ridiculous, it's overcapitalizing, it's this, it's that. But And there might be a little bit of a slow uptake, but, you know, you'll get your early adopters and you'll it, it would definitely get traction. I think, it, I think it would do wonders for the Jewish community here. I think it's a little bit fragmented and for specifically for this age group, um, there really isn't – I mean, uh, you asked the question. I was like racking my brain. <laughs> Melrose Arch apparently is the place to hang out. Yeah. Uh, ben Diner has uh, sent in an SMS here. Uh, thank you, Ben, for, for the message, saying, why do you think young people don't necessarily have an interest in, in Judaism? I mean, we have Jewish schools. Uh, people go to Jewish schools. They go there for 12 years. Should that not be instilling an interest, or, or, or are schools kind of part of the problem some of the time? Um, look, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for my Jewish education. I had the opportunity to go to King David schools um, until matric. Uh it's a, it's a tricky one. I think sometimes there is a, a, a feeling of complacency or apathy or like may, may, maybe um, a bit of a feeling of I'm over it. You know, out. I've been doing this. Yeah, I'm chewed out. I've been doing this for 12 years or 16 years, whatever it is. I'm chewed out. I just want to do my own thing. Um, and again, it, it's, it needs to speak to relevance and it needs to be done in a in like a cool, modern, like relevant interesting interesting way where people can engage and it's topical stuff and um i mean i went to talk at uh the the rabbi stern's um new center there in sydney and it was actually rabbitson sd stern uh the other day and it was like an amazing amazing talk on uh she actually was talking about relationships um and obviously the divorce rate is so high globally and in south africa and in the jewish community and she was talking about the five love languages which is a sort of secular book but she tied it into Torah and Judaism which I thought was fascinating and I haven't really heard um, I haven't witnessed that sort of blend of the secular and the sort of everyday life together with Torah and and Judaism so it made it so relevant she was captivating and you know like I think we need more of that type of stuff to engage so so, I mean to just to go back to that original question saying do you think schools might be part of the problem yes and no I was very privileged to teach at King David Victory Park for a year, taught Jewish studies. And a lot of a lot of the Jewish education from my point of view was something that Dan mentioned earlier. It becomes very preachy. It's a lot of about what you should do, what you well sorry, what you're not allowed to do, what you have to do, as opposed to what you should do. Things that you can do that f- fall very much within the ambit of helping the Jewish community within Judaism, within you know, within your morals, and they they really grow you as a person. 
And there wasn't that connection. That wasn't that person-to-person sort of thing. It was someone standing up telling you what you have to do. These are the laws. These are the traditions we do. And then you move on. And it needs to be more almost experiential. Interesting. Now, uh, I have a message here from Khalia Moss uh, asking if she thinks that materialism uh, is affecting the giving of the community. So uh, maybe to answer that question, we have online Rabbi Stern, who's in the middle of a giving campaign. Rabbi, uh, welcome to the New Blue Review. Hi there, Benji. How are you doing? Well, thank you. First of all, how is the campaign coming along? We are almost by our target of 1.5 million rand. We're sitting on 1.473. So we're on our way. That's, that's um, close. We had an yeah. amazing day yesterday, an amazing day yesterday. And I see you're sitting with Dan and Dovey. Hi, guys. Hello, Rob. I'm watching. Like they, can't, they can't see you on the radio. No. <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching Dan on live, on Facebook Live. We're giving him a big shout out here on Facebook Live. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, and, and Rabbi, uh, one of the things we were discussing was, you know, the, you, the, this idea of young people manning phones is in some way a little bit of an old school idea. And yet, you know, there has been, uh, particularly on, on a campaign like this, quite a lot of people. I certainly got phoned by a number of people, including Dan. Uh, how do you get uh, people to take a few hours off of their Sunday uh, to make phone calls for a campaign? like this so it is fascinating and um, you know volunteers are always fascinating um, who give their time especially we're speaking about millennials and young people I really think that the people who came in yesterday to do their calls and we had about 50 young adults who had signed up as volunteers I think that it was that they, they felt personally connected personally connected to the organization personally connected to the officials that are trying to run the organization, personally connected to the events and the programs that are taking place. So it's, it's through personal connection. If they were just another number on the, on the list, just another um, member, I don't think they would have committed to that. But because the, those who committed felt a personal connection, I think this, this is what brought them and initiated and motivated them to take a part in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, makes, uh, it does make a big difference, uh, that personal uh, connection and and yeah. and and this idea of of uh, match funding. I mean, how powerful is uh, is that in 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 helping to engage uh, uh, people to say, look, you know, there is exactly. somebody bigger behind it. Exactly. So this is what motivated it. In fact, we we ran this campaign last year as well. Thank God. And as a result of the money that came in last year, we built our new youth center. And the motivation there was that often young people feel that their contribution is, is, is irrelevant in comparison to the big money. You know, young professionals who are starting off their work experience think to themselves, how can I possibly make a difference when there are big donors out there that can carry the load themselves? And obviously we know that's not true. We know it's not true because an organization cannot only rely on the bigger donors. It needs everyone, everybody to contribute. So having a matching campaign where, where money is tripled or quadrupled it makes your contribution much more substantial. And also, you know, as a major donor, they're not putting their money in until they see me as a young adult, a young millennial, a young professional, making my donation. So the, so the, whole, the whole bigger structure, the big donors are sitting and waiting for me to make my contribution. And when I do that, of whatever amount it's going to be, then they'll come in and triple it. That, that, that gives such, such strength and um, empowers the younger generation. 
Absolutely. Rabbi, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Good luck uh, with thank the campaign. We, we, are, we, are, we, are sitting, we are sitting moments away from our target. If any of our listeners, of our young professionals, our millennials, or any other older, older generation would like to participate, www.charity.com forward slash Fitzshul and help us make our target. Yeah, please go ahead uh, right over there now uh, and, and uh, do your thank thing you. and help get to the target. Uh, good luck, Rabbi Stern. Thank you so much for Thanks being on the show. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back with chatting again uh, about this issue. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. Um, Thanks, Ben. If, if sure, no Can problem. we order via WhatsApp? Uh, no wiring. You have to go to pick and pay. Uh, Oros, if you're more of, a, more of an Oros man like Dovi is, then 100%. you can get uh, six times 500 milliliters and buy any two for 100 rand. Or, um, Dan, this is for the girlfriend, uh, Lindor chocolates assorted 38 grams, uh, 10 of them for 100 bucks. Uh, and when it's all, all, all good and done, uh, Tuffy Black Bags, uh, 20 pack for a uh, five, five, 20 pack for 100 bucks. That's at Norwood Pick and Pay Hypermarket. Get there uh, before Dan does uh, uh, today. Uh, coming up to just about the end of the show for today, I want to ask one last thing. You know, there's the, I know that there is a, uh, a big event happening on Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. that is the opening of an Instagram exhibition. So some Instagrammers went to Israel uh, and some other Instagrammers came to South Africa and they've got this bunch of pictures, right? And they're doing a set photos at A in Rosebank. Uh, and it's, you know, people are going to go out there, I guess, and uh, have some fun. At an art gallery. Uh, so, by the way, if you want to do that, go have a look. I think it's Zionist Fed who's who's doing that. But how important is culture and like people just having fun uh, when it comes to their communities? Always have to be so serious. Yeah, I think uh, fun and culture and the arts crucial. I think it's uh, sorry coming back again to Rabbi Stern, but I think he's really on on the on point uh, tomorrow night he's actually showing a, a film uh, an Israeli film and then there'll be a speaker and questions and answers so I think it's definitely definitely about integrating different you know cultural things as well you know whether it's an art gallery or a movie or a show or whatever it is people want that mm-hmm. people engage with that and definitely I mean if you look at what's uh, the Keys Art Mile in Rosebank you know they have first Thursdays there and it becomes like a, a social thing a, a bit of a party and there's art and you know it's a whole cultural um, experience and, and I think yeah I think we, we need more of that definitely I, I agree entirely you have to have fun you have to engage people from an outside perspective, before you you hitting on those issues, Rabbi Moffson has a great way of doing it by bringing in, you know, with free cocktails, free Gary Friedman, because who's going to say no to that? <laughs> <laughs> and even, even these organizations that do these trips, you have to have some sort of things outside. You have to be going to bars. You have to be doing some of the touristy things, because if you're spending your entire time in a refugee camp, even though it's very rewarding, it's very, very draining, and you come away from it not feeling like you've had fun, even though you feel like you've made a difference. Cocktails and refugees, that is how we leave it today on 101.9 FM. <laughs> Guys, thanks for coming into the studio. I really appreciate your time, uh, and uh, good luck for all the good work that you're doing and for getting people involved in the community. Thank you, Bench. Keep Brilliant. up your good work as well. Thanks so Thank much, you. Bench. Thanks for having us. We'll try. Uh, 101.9 FM. That's me, New Blue Review. Thank you so much to Mandy for helping to produce the show. Uh, to uh, Craig for pushing all the big red buttons. There's Craig over there for all the, the Facebook lovers. He does all the hard work. Uh, and for everyone at the station. Guys, uh, please listen next week. And uh, we'll see you then on the New Blue Review.